jerk paws of foe. They only have one day to save the show. There's a fake news worth saving. The fire really hot, but it'll still blow. For My name is Paul Defoe, and this is the story of how I killed the fakest. I know what you're thinking. I am the fakest, right? It's confusing. But the fakest isn't just me. It's a team. Noah Fam. Well, a clique, mainly. But on the day they needed me most, December 13th, 2021, I abandoned them. Typical Paul, right? But why did I do it? What caused me to become so distracted I doomed the show I spent five years trying to save? Much like it all began, the final chapter in my sordid story was set in motion by a woman who was very important to me. (laughs) Once upon a time. Her name was Cindy McNeil. I need to make sure you remember who Cindy was to me. Cindy McNeil was sort of the love of my life. I knew there was something special about her on our first date. Stan said you could drink, but I never thought you'd keep pace with me. Never underestimate a general's daughter, newsman. Wanna make out? I thought you'd never ask. From the moment she enabled my alcoholism, we were inseparable. Whether we were drinking at brunch, drinking out at the club, drinking on the private island I rented for us, or drinking at McDonald's at 4.30 in the morning after Stan flew us around in the chopper all night. (laughs) We were always together and always drinking. In a way, that was probably a small part of the problem. It all came to a head back in 2016, the day Leanne came to work for us as the executive producer in charge of production, or Epicop for short. Oh, okay, hurry. Ella, that sweetheart, was reporting on a zombie ice pick killer terrorizing the downtown area. The story fell apart as we cut to her. The ice pick killer is back, boys. I think get him. It looks like the killer has emerged from a dumpster. He's now threatening the assembled police force with an ice pick. Get him, boys. Get him. Shoot him. Shoot him in the head. Shoot him in the foot. Yeah. Wretch that. He's dead. Well, the show must go on, and I spotted a young couple making out behind Ella, so I suggested she interview them to fill time. Little did I know, the viral moment I tried to orchestrate will come to infect my life. Excuse me, um, Ella Fitzpatrick with the fakest. What do you want me to ask them, Paul? Ask them if they're loving, lovers, loving, whoa. Oh, it's so totes adorbs, just like me and my Cindy. Um, excuse me, sir, ma'am. My boss wants to know... Are you loving lovers in love? What the hell? 
Jesus Christ! Wait, Cindy? Shit. Cindy's trash can tryst broke my heart, sending me spiraling through a series of poor decisions that ultimately cost my only friend, Birdman Stan, his life. Hang on to your nuts, boys! I'll admit it. She fucking broke me, man. Which is why I was so surprised when she called me the morning of December 13th, 2021. The last day my fakest fam had to attract new advertisers and save the newscast from cancellation. December 13th? Death? December 13th? That date's kind of on the nose, isn't it? This writer, man. There I was at the morning meeting. I had just finished giving the team a big motivational speech like you'd see in a Hollywood movie or something. Then my personal assistant, who you'd think I would have mentioned before, came in. Uh, Paul, phone call. They say it's important. Uh, who is it, Carl? We have a show to save. Uh, she said her name was Cindy McNeil. Cindy McNeil? She She's calling me? Are you fucking serious? I'm always fucking serious, sir. Classic Carl. Haven't you learned from the past couple years? Cindy McNeil doesn't care about you. Talking to your old girlfriend? It's like reading a comic book. It's very colorful, but it's going to be full of bad language. Oh, Ella, I didn't know you liked comic books. What comic books do you like? I, I don't. My, my cousin has like this stack that's as tall. So at what point are these two hooking up, you think? Yeah, Carl, I get a weird like romance vibe out of them. I don't know. Is it like four color or 16 color? HR isn't going to be happy about this whenever they chance, but then. When has the well, boss ever I, been I just, with I, I anything HR wise? Seems like there's going to be a lot of paperwork involved with it. And I'm probably going to be the one to have to file it. It's really strange. I thought Ella hated Paul. Yeah, maybe it's one of those who I hate you so much I love you sort of situations. Yeah, I'm really sensing a real sexual tension here. Yeah. But I, I just think it shows that you're a strong woman. I will personally kick your ass if you let this chick distract you from me. Uh, us. The show? Ugh. Now isn't the time to be- Ella, can the haterade. Now isn't the time. Why would Cindy be calling me? Does she want me back? How do I look? Is my breath okay? Uh, look, guys, I'm sure you all uh, have a handle on things here. Your stories will be great. If you'll excuse me, I need to go see if I can finally unbreak my heart. Come on, Carl. Of course. I ran up to my office, did 20 push-ups, then picked up the phone. Hello? This is Paul Defoe, the fakest, you know? Is this? Hey, Paul. Sweetums. I, I mean, Cindy. 
So, how are things at the station? How's everything running? Uh, great, great. I mean, every everyone's uh, doing well, doing well. The station's doing well. We having some problems with advertisers, but you know, it happens. Oh, well, um, what about Birdman Stan? How's he doing? Oh, oh, I, I'm guessing you didn't hear or see the big special we did, the Fly High special. No. Uh, Stan, uh, Stan crashed the helicopter right outside the studio. It was this big oh, mess. So I. I left for like a year on this karate sabbatical. It, it was nuts. It was nuts. Uh, he did say he did say before he went though that he thought you were kind of a bitch for breaking my heart. Well, at least he thought of me in the end. It's good to hear your voice, especially when it's not getting garbled by another man's mouth because you're making out with him on a trash can during a live broadcast. See, I knew you'd be like this. This is a mistake. Wait, 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 don't hang up. Sorry, I, look, I'm not that guy anymore, mostly. I've come a long way, thanks to my fakest fam. You really did a number on me. I've been thinking about you a lot lately. That's why I wanted to ask if I could stop by and see you today. Clear the air, you know? That is, if you aren't busy with the fakest. Mr. Defoe, we have a big problem. Not now, Carl. Oh. Uh, Cindy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no worries. It, it's dead around here. Flanduary sweeps just ended and everybody is laying around and vegging and eating potato chips and stuff. You should stop by. Great. I'm excited to finally put all this nastiness behind us. See you soon. Love you. I, I, I mean, I mean, see you soon. Mr. Defoe, big problem. Journalism is actually taking everything seriously now. It may affect us. Carl, I know that you, you feel concerned about this, but trust me, I've looked into it. Our patent on fake journalism is fine. We're going to be okay. But sir. Carl, I have to focus. On the show's potential cancellation? No, nerd. I have to clean up. I have to lose five pounds. I have to manscape. Cindy's coming today. But, sir, I think you should really consider. Get out! Oh! Once my always fucking serious PA Carl left, I set about preparing for Cindy's visit. It had been years since I considered romance, so I had a lot of work to do. Eyebrow trimming, tummy tucking, elocution drills. Roses erroneously. If Moses supposes as Tonus of roses of roses of roses of roses Moses supposes. Moses supposes. Problem was, freaking Carl kept interrupting me. Mr. Defoe, Jake Stein has the maintenance crew building. Oh, who gives a fuck about Jake Stein? Cindy's coming. But sir, wh why would he be building a double of your fake set? Carl, the only thing that's going to be double around here is the trouble you're going to be in if you don't figure this shit out for yourself. Cindy's coming today. But he just kept coming back. Mr. Defoe, big problem. 
We need more creamer in the break room. <sighs> well, go steal some from 7-Eleven. Can't you see I'm doing push-ups? Cindy's coming today. And coming back. Mr. Defoe, big problem. I just found some chick hiding out in the control room with that cranky cat of yours. Oh, that's Anne-Marie, she's harmless. Besides, can't you see I'm scaling my tongue? Cindy's coming today. You have scales on your tongue? Do you have corn in your ears? Get back to work. And coming back. Mr. Defoe, big problem. The police are setting up barricades across the street. We're in the heart of the city, Carl. Of course the cops are setting up barricades. That's all they do. Besides, can't you see I'm shaving my back? Cindy's coming today. But sir, they're trying to get in the building. Well, let them. You don't have to be afraid of the police, Carl. They always have our best interest at heart. But they're beating up homeless people. Correction, they have corporations interest at heart and we're incorporated, so get back to work. And coming back. Mr. Defoe, big problem. There's an eclipse going on and everyone in town has gone feral. Carl, uh, we've been living with animals for years. It's not a big deal. I mean, the sun always does this pretty much every year. Besides, I've been busy picking my toenails. Cindy's coming today. <sighs> Until finally, he presented me with news that was actually worth my time. Hey there, Mr. Defoe. Sorry to bug you, but we have a little teensy issue downstairs I thought you might want to know about if you're not busy, sir. Can't you see that I'm, I'm shaving my pubes? Cindy's coming today. Oh. Uh, there's a little thing that you should probably look into. Uh, let me guess, your shadow scared you. No, sir, the weather set is on fire. Just like I thought, another tiny non-problem. Wait, what? Why isn't the fire alarm going off? The police barged in and disabled them. Well, we can't exactly do a show-saving newscast without the mythological weather. Let's stop by the break room and grab some creamer. We're out of creamer. And grab some bottled water, then we'll put that fire out. Come on, Carl. Of course. We wended our way through KCOM Studios, past the break room, across the newsroom, avoiding the former fake sex dungeon because, you know, me too, until we finally made our way to the studio. Oh my god, the fire is out? Byron was there, sipping on a juice box, hunched over the radar screen, monitoring Zeus's machinations like it was any ordinary day. Don't worry, Paul. I took care of the fire. I called him one of my two favorites and had Hephaestus put it out. Luckily, he has a construction company on the side, so they were able to repair all the damage. Great job, Carl. Man, what a waste of time. And I don't have time to waste. Not today. Be because the show might get canceled and you only have one day to save it? No, no, because, because Cindy is coming. But Paul, if we don't attract some advertisers tonight, we're fucked! Well, if this meeting with Cindy doesn't go well, I'm not! Hey, buddy, be cool. I get it. Two important things both happening today. You must feel stressed. Actually, yeah. Thanks, Byron. Nobody worries about the boss, you know. 
It's like I'm one of your Greek gods sitting upon the throne, all flawed and selfish and distracted. While you mortals run around far beneath me, thinking I've got everything under control. That's a take. But I'm here for you whenever you need me. Best friends. They look out for each other. Best friends? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I only have room in my life for one friend, and he crashed his helicopter one too many times. <sighs> Rip Birdman Stan. Rip Birdman Stan, may he rest in pieces. Anyway, best friends are for nerds, like Carl. Hey. Paul, everybody needs a best friend. Somebody to listen to when things go wrong. What? Like, I, like I'm like i supposed to vent? Like I'm supposed to say that Cindy broke my heart and made me realize how alone I was and how, even though I became a better person despite the heartbreak she caused me, I feel like she's coming here to gloat because I'm about to lose my show and, you know, if we get canceled, my heart's gonna break twice as hard as it did the day I found out she was cheating on me, but at the same time, I hope she, I, I hope she kisses me. Oh, Mr. Defoe, calm down. Paul, oh, it's okay. I need a paper bag and a, and a shot of vodka. Here, hold on. I got you. Here. Here they are. Okay. Okay, thank you. Oh. Breathe. Okay. Breathe. Okay. okay. Breathe. Somebody, somebody sing the theme song to My Little Ponies. Somebody sing the theme song. My Little Pony, My Little Pony. Thanks, guys. I haven't had one of those in forever. Wow. That did make me feel better. Thanks, Byron. You really are a good friend. A best friend? I hope. Sure. Uh, why the hell not? Odds are I won't see you again after tonight anyway. So, yeah. Best friends. Mr. Defoe, big problem. Cindy's here. Like the show? Want to support this and future projects? Buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash thefakest and get exclusive Fakest merch, including the new Fakest script books by going to thefakest.com and clicking on store. Spywiz, case 101, the dad hummer. Dad Hummer has made his move. Use your spy with spyglass to keep him in sight as he skips down the street. He's heading your way. He's heading into a house down the block. Set up the spy with long range microphone. You can hear the small sounds like they're right next to you, even through the walls of a house. Oh God, I've missed you, Sheila. Between stress at work and what with the disappointment my son Stevie is with his spy obsessions, you're the only light left in my life. Oh, Archibald. Take me! Oh, yeah. Nibble my ears. What? Oh. Ew! No! What the heck, Dad? You've got them now, Stevie, because you've got SpyWiz. High-tech equipment that works way better than you'd expect a kid's store to work. Everything's sold separately. New from SpyCo. rushed back to my office, drank a bottle of Scope, and sat behind my desk in my big office chair. God, I miss that thing. 
so I'd look as big and important as I am. Then, she walked in. Paul? Wow, you look great. Thanks, Cindy. I stopped drinking and eating, and I barely have a Coke habit at all these days. (laughs) That's great. A lot has happened to me, too, since the incident. You mean that time you played tonsil hockey with some poor person for the whole world to see? I I totally forgot. God, Paul, when are you going to let it go? Sorry, uh, but it was a pretty big and exciting incident in the series of events I've experienced since it happened. I can't just forget it. I know. Look, Paul, I came here because I have something to tell you. I'm dying, Paul. Well, I... That's not funny. I thought this was a comedy show. There it is. It's my heart, Paul. They say the rhythm is off. I I only have a few weeks. Oh, wow. Wow, Cindy, I I am... Uh, you... you I... I, we, I, 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 I don't know what to say. Paul Defoe at a loss for words? Now that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't happen often. But when I don't know what to say, somehow it always seems to involve you. You've always been able to take my words away. I know I've hurt you, Paul. I mean, don't get me wrong, you're kind of a dick, but... That doesn't mean you deserve to be humiliated in front of hundreds of viewers. Millions, thank you very much. Sure, millions. My point is, is when you find out you're going to die, it just puts your whole life into perspective and it gets you thinking about all the choices you've made and the people you've hurt. And I just, I need to know that you know I regret everything. I, I hope that's not true. What about the good times we had? When you'd shave my back in the morning? That time we were kicked off an international flight for stripping in the aisle? Yeah, and then we had to wait on the tarmac in handcuffs naked to each other. My God, that was so hot. Yeah, I think about it often. Yeah, but unfortunately when they took us to the jail, they they didn't have any extra clothes for us, so we had to be there naked in the jail with all these people around. It was weird. Yeah, but then we made that really, really cool couple friend, remember? Yeah, and then when we got back to the States, we met up with them, and we didn't really get along until we stripped down. No, exactly. I guess we just were better off naked friends. Yeah, I mean, naked friends are the best friends, right? (laughs) Yeah, we had a lot of good times. We so did. So, Paul, I'm sorry. Cindy, sweetums, you sent me down a path of self-discovery that saved my life, swear to God. I refuse to forgive you, but I do want to thank you. God damn it. Why Why'd you have to go and become a better person? It's not making this any easier. How's about just give me one last hug and we'll call it even? No faking? No faking. Whoa, what's that bulge under your shirt? Did they give you a robot heart or something? Let me show you. It's, it's kind of funny. Finally, some comedy. Whoa, uh, put your shirt back on. I I mean, I'm not opposed to one last goodbye, but this is a workplace. Calm down, Paul. Is, is that a suicide vest? Yeah, I thought this was going to go different. I thought I'd blow this dump up. You know, if I'm going, I might as well take you with me.
but you don't deserve to be blown to smithereens. I've put you through enough. Okay, uh, well, bullet dodged, I guess. Want me to walk you out? Sure. Wanna hold my hand? Sure. I escorted Cindy to the lobby, waved a friendly wave to the upstanding police officers gathered there, then wandered back to my office to do a little coke about it. I got bored pretty quickly, so I went to investigate the suicide vest Cindy threw in my trash can, when freaking Carl busted in again. Eh, this time it was warranted. Mr. Defoe, we've got a big... Oh! Seriously with the interruptions, Carl. Can't you see I'm inspecting an explosive vest? It's Cindy's. Sir, Bertram Kcom, the owner of the station, is here to see you. Mayor Lyon is with him. He said he needs to talk about tonight's newscast. Shit. Shit! Oh! What time is it? It's 5.45, sir. 15 minutes until showtime. Thanks, 15. Shit. I was so distracted by Cindy today, I haven't paid attention to anything. I don't even know if we have a chauffeur tonight. See, Carl, this is why you were supposed to leave me alone all day. Every time you come in here, it sets me back like 10 minutes because I kind of get mentally prepared and I drink some alcohol and I get focused and relaxed. And then you come in here and just mess up my whole flow, man. If you hadn't have focused on Cindy the entire time, we wouldn't be in this situation right now. Maybe if you hadn't ever told me that Cindy called, we would, I wouldn't have obsessed about her all day, Carl. It's literally my job. Carl, can, 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 can we do like a Prince and the Popper thing and you just switch out with me? I, I don't think I can be that much of an asshole, sir. Look, you're, you're just going to have to do this. Yeah, you're probably right. You're a big pussy. So I guess uh, send them in. Might as well get this shit storm started. Uh, Mr. Defoe is ready for you. Paul, uh, Bertram K. Com, and Mayor Audra Reliant for you, sir. Why the hell are you keeping us waiting, Defoe? My time is your money. Sir, do you need anything else? I didn't need this. Okay, sir. Good luck. The fakest. I knew I smelled something rotten. Nice to see you too, Mayor. Oh, and nice to see your husband's team, the Foundrymen, doing, well, nothing this year in the playoffs. That's because he's dead, Paul. I know I said that to make you feel bad. Defoe, enough prattle. What's this I hear about you spending the day chasing a piece of tail around my building? Oh, uh, sorry, sir. An old girlfriend called up and sidetracked my whole day. You know how that is, right? Don't you worry your little bald head about it, though. The news team is working overtime to make sure tonight's newscast kicks major ass. Tonight? <laughs> Ferdy, you old devil. You didn't tell him yet? Ha! Oh, what? I love surprises. Defoe, you're da done. I'm canceling the fakest, officially. Effective now. But sir, you said we had until tonight. 
Ha! Like one broadcast is enough to save this convoluted, ill-timed, overstuffed, drug-induced dumpster fire. It's over, Defoe. Mayor Reliant here has been kind enough to loan me some of her police officers to secure this building and kick your ass out. You have no moves left. Hey, Baldy, you think this is the first time some asshole has shown up at my doorstep and tried to kill this show? We'll fight, and thanks to my fakest fam, we'll win. Hey, you're coming with us, Defoe. Consider this a warning shot. Hey, that was my Emmy. Big fucking deal. Who doesn't have an Emmy at this point? My kid has an Emmy. Come on. Hey, 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 if you play nice, I won't cuff you, or beat you, or plant drugs on you, or arrest you for resistant arrest, or- I get it, I get it, I get it! It's just, can I take a few things home with me? Uh, you know, some mementos to remember the fakest years. Whatever, we're gonna clear this place out for Jake Stein anyway. Hey, uh, Jake Stein? That douche the network made me hire to do traffic? He is going to be the new fakest? Oh, heavens no. Fake news is so 2016. Damn right. We're pivoting to real news. The real starts tonight. Officer Makina, be a dear and turn on that TV so this creep can watch his life's work disappear. Coming to you live from KCOM Studios somewhere west of New York City, this is The Realist, and it starts meow. Sup, fuckwads? I'm Jake Stein, and this is The Realist. Our promise to you, we never fake it. First up, how the rich and powerful are making a real difference in the lives of the underprivileged. For more, we go what to the fuck? Slappy McSilly. This is my life's work, and you're just completely changing the show's format at the last minute, like in the last season? What kind of amateur-ass show would do that? Just grab your shit and go, Defoe. Okay, let me grab my Emmy, uh, you know, now with bullet hole. Eh, whatever. And I'll take this box of paper clips so I can clean out my bowl. Oh, and the trash can, since I have so many fond memories of throwing resumes from ZipRecruiter into it without reading them. Hey, 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 what's in the can there? Looks like a suicide vest to me, and I know suicide vest. Oh, uh, that? That's just one of those props from our latest uh, fakest fake out. Uh, here, you know what? I'll take that too. You know, a little memento. Get the fuck out, Defoe! You spineless pile of trash. You greasy shit stain. I haven't washed my hair. You shabbily dressed piece of garbage. You make me want to puke every time I see you. Well, I do puke every time I see you, but I don't let you see it because I, I just swallow it because it's embarrassing to puke in front of people. Enough lollygagging. Let's go. Yeah, go peddle your wear somewhere else. The age of fake news is over. <laughs> 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 See? This is a comedy. Eat your McDonald's, pull out your gun. We made the world a worse place, but we had lots of fun. Now Bertram K. Com has left us exposed. We used the fake news, we're safe.
on the fakest. Barry Tesh and Tim Monet are two fakest reporters determined to make a splash before the fakest is cashed. Witness their reporting rivalry in an episode we call Wannabe. Join us in one week. Same fake as time. Same fake as channel. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following the fakest news. That's fakest with an I. And support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com. See, See you, you next time. time.